Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hello, mamas, and welcome to episode 21 of season two of Mama. Kate and I are so excited to be with you. We are full on the month of December. We want everybody to take a deep breath, okay? We know that when you listen to our podcast, it's like your moment of calm in the world of crazy. Yes. So, hey, we also want you to know that if you'll check our social media during the month of December, we're going to be posting some gift guides. Fun things. We want to help you people out because we know sometimes moms are like, I don't even know. Yeah, what do I want for myself? I can buy everybody else, but I don't know. Right. So make sure and check that because we've got some fun things for you. But I'm so excited for the mama that we're going to talk to you about today she is actually nameless in scripture oh she does not have a name but her contribution to this grand story of the bible is crucial yeah like without her it doesn't happen okay well i'm not gonna say that because god could make it use somebody else but he chose this person he chose this person she was actually not a believer in Yahweh. Okay. Um, we don't know if she ended up becoming one, but she's not that we know of. But it to me, it's a beautiful reminder that God can use any mama uh-huh. to accomplish his purposes, yeah. no matter where she is in life, what choices she's made, or what she believes in, that God can use her to weave into his grand story. Um, her contribution is actually one that we are seeing take front and center here in our modern day. Um, It's something that I did not know anything about as a child. I don't remember it growing up in high school, not even in college. It was after I got married and started looking at having a family that I started to meet people Uh who had done this. And so now uh, it's everywhere. Like every time I turn around, I meet a new mama that has done this. And so to me, it's really exciting. I think God's doing a work in my heart with it as well. Today, we're going to talk about adoption. Yes. Okay. Isn't that exciting? Very exciting. So I feel like um, throughout scripture, God shows us these moms that have different stories. Uh And we've talked about so many of them here on our podcast, but we have not talked about adoption yet. Right. We have not. You're right. And so I was trying to think back. I know so many people that have adopted now. Yeah. Like I used to know maybe one. Right. Maybe two. Right. Now I know so many. Uh Uh-huh. And I love that. I think, obviously, it's the gospel. Adoption is the gospel. Of course it is. But I love that God used it in the Old Testament to tell us this story. Because without this mom's contribution, we would be missing a huge chunk of our Bible. Yes. Okay, so today we're going to look at Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, so let me give you the little background on the story. Um, We find this in Exodus chapter 2. And our couple... Um, Because this child did have a mom and a dad, are named Amram and his wife Jochebed. Okay. And so Amram and Jochebed were Israelites. They were living in the country of Egypt. And the way that they got there is that, if y'all remember, we talked about Leah and Rachel. Yes. And their husband Jacob. He had left Laban and Uh taken his wealth and his family, and he had gone away to go back and settle with his people in the land of Canaan. Right. So he had the 12 sons, Uh and the youngest son was Joseph. And if you remember the story from the Bible, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and by God's great plan, he ended up in the house of Pharaoh. Uh 
And Pharaoh loved J- Joseph, and Joseph did well for Pharaoh. So Pharaoh blessed him. He became very wealthy. Well, then there was a famine in the land of Canaan, and the brothers ended up in Egypt basically searching for food, and they came upon this brother they had sold into slavery so many years earlier. Joseph showed them favor, and he saved them. And what he did is he actually brought his entire family, his dad and all his siblings, to Egypt. So then we have the 12 boys and their families in Egypt, and basically it says that they were rabbits. Rabbits? Oh. lots of babies. Okay. (laughs) Wait a minute. I don't think that's in my Bible. (laughs) We were getting so serious. I wanted to throw in a little fun. Listen, I they take just... every word. Rebecca, listen. If you ever need an alternate job, you are the queen of Bible summary. You are so good at it. Like I'm like, yes, she's ticking all the historical boxes. Way to go, dude. I got some notes. But you threw me off with rabbits. <laughs> Well, they were. Okay, so it just says that God blessed them. They were just having babies like crazy. Love it. Okay. Okay, so the Egyptians are getting nervous because they are outnumbered by all these Israelites. Right. So a new Pharaoh comes into power, and he doesn't have the same relationship with Joseph or the Israelite people. So he's like, there is way too many of you guys. That's right. And so he comes out with an edict that all male Hebrew babies should be thrown into the Nile and killed. Yes. And there's so many great stories in there about a couple midwives who Uh end up actually saving the babies. I mean, all kind of women are just stepping it up. Yeah, because they would say, these Hebrew women push the babies out too fast. Yes. You know, we can't kill them or whatever. Yes, that was always my dream to push my baby out fast. You know, I wanted that like, yup. You may know this about me. I want the elevator story where it's yes. like you're riding the elevator and you go into labor and like by the second floor you've like had it. Yes. There it is. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Do you ever see that video of that couple that was in the car and she like pushed it out while they were. <laughs> and she like, like grabbed of, it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then there was a video I just saw recently where they were trying to walk into like the urgent care and the baby slipped I out. I saw that and she had jogger pants on or something yes. and the pants like caught the baby. Babies are so slippery. Like, that's yes. a very precarious situation. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing, y'all. Yeah. The miracle of birth. I love it. Okay, so then we have this couple, Amram and Jochebed. They actually have two other children already, and you're going to recognize their names. Miriam, uh-huh. their daughter is 10. Yep. And Aaron, their son, is three. Okay. And then along comes baby number three. Um, and it says, I want to read to you what it says about when she has the baby. It says, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So Jochebed has this baby. And I love that it says she saw that he was a fine child. Uh-huh. And there's, I read some great commentary on this that, you know, maybe it was a moment where, I don't know if you as a mom ever have these moments where you look at your child and it's like, God just whispers something to you about them. Yeah. Like it, I just wonder if God whispered to her in that moment, Uh like, like this is a special child. Yeah. You have got to save him. So she makes a basket for him and she puts him in the Nile. And then this is what was so funny too. Did you ever have a Moses basket for your baby? I did. Okay, so I did too. Yeah. That's where this comes from. Yes. It's from Jochebed making this basket yeah. for um, her baby to be in, and it, it had to be, you know, water. Waterproof. Waterproof. Because yeah. she did the straw, and then she lined it with some kind of a mud type yes. thing so that the so that water wouldn't come in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now we have Moses' baskets, yeah. which if you read about them online, the reason that they're different than a bassinet is because they're movable. Yes. So the Moses basket typically has like handles and you basically take it wherever you go in the house. 
I loved it. Mine had a little, did yours have a little stand that had rockers? No, it did not. Okay, so mine had a little, you could set it in a little stand that had rockers on it. So it was so convenient because I could put it next to my bed. Mm -hmm. And then when the baby woke up at night, you can just kind of make it rock. Yes. You know? Yes. But it is, it's super convenient because you can just kind of move it around the house. I just think it's so fun Yeah, we still have those today. Yeah. I didn't have it till my third kid either, so it was... Later in my parenting that I experienced the Moses basket. Yeah. Okay, so she puts the baby in the basket. Miriam, the sister, stays along the bank of the Nile to watch. And then it says that Pharaoh's daughter came down to the Nile to bathe. And I think it's fascinating. I almost, well, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I bet Jochebed knew where women, royal women, would come down to bathe. And if you're going to put your baby in a river, I wonder if she put it in a place where it could be found. Yeah. Again, I just see God's hand all over the story. Yeah. So it says that Pharaoh's daughter saw something in the reeds. She asked one of her servant girls to go get it. And when she opened the basket, the baby was crying. And it says that she felt sorry for him. Mm. She had a tender moment towards him. Mm. And I just, like, as a mom, I don't know, whenever I even hear a baby crying in the grocery store, there's just a moment where I'm like, oh. Oh, of course. Yeah, just a tender moment, you yeah. know? Um, I, we don't know about Pharaoh's daughter. If she was married, it doesn't say that she was, we don't know how old she was. We don't know the story behind this, but for some reason she is struck by this baby and she knows her dad's edict, right? Uh And this is not like no offense to the president of the United States, but this is Pharaoh, like the leader of the massive, wealthy, most powerful in the world. Yeah. And this is not a democracy or that he's, yeah, he's very powerful. No. Well, and I wonder, I mean, surely he, they could tell he was a Hebrew baby. Exactly. You know, he looked like one. Right. Yeah. She would have known the edict. Yeah. She would know this was not an Egyptian child. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. So she's basically choosing to keep a baby that is supposed to die, according yeah. to her dad, and is not her nationality. Yeah. And she's not, we don't know that she was married and wanting a child. It's like she was just going down for a bath. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, So she decides to keep the baby. Um, And so then Miriam, his sister, who has been watching this whole process, Uh steps forward, which I think is like gutsy. Amazing. On her part. part. And says, hey, you found a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Let me go find a nurse for you. Yeah. And this Pharaoh's daughter's like, yeah, go get me one. Yeah, a Hebrew nurse. You know, let me get you a, a Hebrew nurse that can nurse this baby, you know, to give him milk. Okay, now don't you wish that we could see inside the house when Miriam comes back to Jochebed, Oh, her man. mother. Yes. And it was like, you're not going to believe what happened. You're a nurse. Come with me. Yes. And then literally the baby that she's just put in a basket, she's holding again in her arms. Yes. And she gets to give him her milk yes. and watch over him. Yes. And, yeah. And similar to the story of Hannah, it says that she weaned him. She kept him until he was weaned, and then she took him back to Pharaoh's daughter. Uh-huh. And so we think that's about age three. Yeah. Which, again, I can't imagine that moment of having to let your child go. Right. You know, this the beauty of this woman, this birth mom, that's what we call her, to allow her child to then go into Pharaoh's house is just amazing. Uh-huh. So he goes into Pharaoh's house, and it says that, the, that he was named then. So it's when Pharaoh's daughter brings the baby into the house, about age three, that she names him Moses. Okay. So I don't know. Did he have a different name before that? Yeah. Did Jacobed call him something different? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All these questions that I'm like, oh, I wish yeah. I had like a 411 Jesus. Yeah. 211. 411? Whatever. 911. Call him up. <laughs> hey, can you tell me Jesus? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I think is so amazing. We know Moses now. 
If you are familiar with the Bible, Moses basically wrote the first five books of the Bible, and he leads the Israelite people out of Egypt from slavery into the promised land. And this is God's, like, chosen race. Uh Like, Moses plays a huge part in this. Huge. And so the idea that he would have been adopted... When he had a birth mama, it it would seem strange to us. Uh But I want to tell you what happens because he's in Pharaoh's house for 40 years. I want to tell you what happens while he's in Pharaoh's house. So obviously Pharaoh's daughters got to stand up for this kid. He is a foreign kid inside of Pharaoh's house. I'm not sure that anybody in that house is looking at him kindly. Like, who are you? Why are you here? He has access to all the royal everything. The finest clothes, the finest food, the finest educators. Uh And so he was taught to speak and write the Egyptian language correctly. Okay. Which we're thinking, what's the big deal in that? The Bible's not written in Egyptian. But he wrote the first five books of the Bible Uh with such beautiful writing. Uh He learned that in Pharaoh's house. Yeah. Would he have learned to be that kind of a writer just growing up in a, a Hebrew home? Yeah, interesting. He had access to amazing education to learn to read and write. Um, He was also taught to speak it. Uh, His education would have also included arithmetic and geometry, which, again, we kind of think, well, what's the point in that? But, y'all, he led an entire nation, a million people, through the desert. Yes. He was the sole dude in charge. Yeah, that specialized education, God was able to use that in so many ways. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. It also says that he acquired a knowledge of the Egyptian law. Uh Uh-huh. Remember, he he wrote the Mosaic Law. Yeah. So he was the not only the leader, but the arbitrator. Uh-huh. I mean, the things that he learned in the Egyptian house, to me, it's like on the other side of the story, I'm looking at it going, oh my goodness, all of this was equipping you for the life that God had for you. For sure. And for, for him to be the one who's going to have to go back and advocate, you know, once he does get out of Egypt, when he flees, and then, and then God calls him to go back and help set the people free, he has kind of some inside knowledge that most Hebrew people would not have of the Egyptian scheme and laws and government and, you know, how to approach a Pharaoh that he's going to have to do multiple times. Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, just, just the idea that God takes this Hebrew boy knowing the purpose for his life is for him to one day free the people uh-huh. and allows him to grow up in that house and learn all that thing and have intimate knowledge of all the inner workings and yeah. then bring him back one day. Wow. Like chills. Pretty cool. I've, I've really never thought about all of that. I, I That's really neat. I just think it's amazing. And it just reminds us that God is so sovereign. Yes. And has such a plan. Um, the education that this princess, this Pharaoh's daughter, gave her adopted son, we have evidence of when we read the pages of Scripture and we see all the ways that Moses impacted the people, yeah. God's people. Um, and so I just think... When I think of my adoptive mom friends, my uh-huh. friends that have adopted, and I think about all that goes into that, I just, to me, I'm seeing the overarching God that knows the purpose he has for a baby from China, uh-huh. a baby from Africa, a baby from right here in the United States. Yeah. And it's not that their birth mom is not valuable because Jochebed was valuable. She gave birth to this baby, and then she preserved his life through basically saving him to be adopted. Right. But then God says, I have a plan, and I need something else to help me with the plan for this baby. And so I'm going to use an adoptive mom. 
Isn't that just so beautiful? I think it's beautiful. I think, you know, this is the first time in, that we get to see an open adoption. Yes. You know, play out. Yes. And you think about, I think that's something that we've gotten to learn from our adoptive mom friends is the tenderness that they have toward the birth mothers. Yes. You know, the adoptive mom, I mean, she has a special place in her heart for that birth mother. Yes. Uh, whether they do have an open adoption where they get to communicate and the child gets to see their birth mother um, or if it's a situation where, you know, maybe there was a, a tough situation with that birth right, mama. Right. And, you know, now they have that child. Still, the adoptive mom, she holds that birth mom as there's a special place in her heart. Yes. Because they, you ha- you know the pain of that. Right. The pain that must have been involved to let that child go. Right. Because there was something better available for them. Right. You know, just the sac- the love sacrifice yes. that that is. Yes. To let that baby go. Yes. Um, and And just how beautiful that is. Oh, I just love it. I love that God included this in scripture. I have a few things I want to pull out of the story, but before I do that, I'm going to cast our Pharaoh's daughter (laughs) in the modern day. I have a question for you. Yes. Because am I wrong? Does the Bible actually give Moses' mom and dad's names, or is that found in an ancillary scripture? It is um, in, I have it down here. It's in Nehemiah. No, not Nehemiah. Because I don't think it tells it right in that story. I think it must have come later. It does. I think I took it out of my notes. Y'all, we're going to put this in the show notes. But there is a specific scripture where it gives some genealogy. Okay. And it tells that they were from the tribe of Levi and that Amram married Jochebed and they had three children. Okay. And it says they only have three children. So I don't know if she had more after that, but it was Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Okay, super interesting. Because I just remember, um, I remember finding out that that was her name, Jochebed. But it doesn't say it in this particular context when you're reading this story of her putting him in the river. Well, the other interesting thing, too, I read about her name. So not only is Moses, like, really important in Scripture, but so are Miriam and Aaron. Yes. They are his right-hand people when they're going through the desert. And so, honestly, you look at Jacobet and you think, wow, I mean, you raised three stellar kids, right? Her name, um, it can be pronounced Jacobet. Okay. And it's the same beginning pronunciation of Yahweh. Oh, wow. So there's a connection between her and the name of God. And that was a big deal back then because people didn't say the name of God. It was right. too reverent right. for them to even say it. So for her name to include part of Yahweh in it is actually a really big That's deal. That's really neat. So I like she, that. to me, it reminds me that she was a very special mom, that yeah. God had a plan for her too. That's neat. And her purpose was three amazing kids. Okay, so bring her into modern day. I cannot okay. wait to see what you can <laughs> Okay, so if y'all were with us on our last episode, Kate mentioned a lot about the OG. Yeah. The original gangsta. Yeah. Okay, so I got an OG, Pharaoh's daughter, and I got an NG, Pharaoh's daughter. What is NG? Original gangsta and the new gangsta. <laughs> okay, so our OG, and this is shout out to my mom and all of her um, generation of friends, is Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Don't you think she's a perfect Pharaoh's daughter? Yes. She was very classy and yes. stately and, you know. Didn't Elizabeth Taylor maybe play like Cleopatra? Maybe that's why I you're I feel like she may that. have. I do. Yeah. I feel like she may have. Yeah. She's our OG Pharaoh's daughter. But okay. then our NG, uh-huh. new gangsta, Angelina Jolie. Okay. Right? Yeah, she's very stately. Yes. That long neck. And, yes. Yeah. And beautiful, like, sleek black hair. Yeah. But she also is an adoptive mom. Rebecca! I know, right? Kudos. Very good. And I feel like she was one of the first Hollywood moms to, like, 
Agreed. get into this adoption thing. And Agreed. she like, she adopted three kids. Yeah. So she was totally all in for this. Uh-huh. Now her personal story. Well, and, we don't need to get into that. You know, that. it's all there. Yeah. I'm just saying, I love me some Jennifer Aniston. I think she got wronged. Okay. Oh, anyway. <laughs> okay. So suburban or <laughs> minivan. I said that she has a driver. Oh. She is not oh, driving herself. sure. If mm. she's Angelina Jolie or Elizabeth Taylor no. type. I mean, whatever fancy car you pull up, I'm going to get in it, okay? Yes. Because I'm not driving myself. Yeah. Shoes or no shoes, I said all the shoes. Uh-huh. She doesn't have just one, two, ten, twelve. Her kids and her have a closet full of lovely, extravagant Jimmy Choo shoes. I love it. All the shoes. Haven't we talked about the home edit on here? Yes, we have. I've been watching it again. I made Jeremy watch it with me. I love it. And I mean, talk about all the shoes. You can picture. Yes. You know, because like when they do these celebrity homes with yes. their closets and you see all the shoes. Okay, but I want to go back a week later and be like, did you put the shoes back where she had the shoes originally? Does you anybody put their shoes back where they go? I mean, I, I don't. do. Everything do? has a place. But do you do it immediately when you take the shoes off? Or are you putting them up? You know, actually, no, not always immediately. Okay. Makes me feel better. Thank I you. will put them next to my laundry basket. And like jeans, if I'm going to wear the jeans the next day, I yes. just kind of lay them over the laundry me basket. Me too, me too. Yeah. But I have shoes all over the house. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't really we got some under the kitchen table, coffee table, front door, back door. I love it. Yes, all the shoes. But that's great. If you have a shoe emergency, just snatch them up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, most worn article of clothing. I said a tailored shirt dress. Oh, cute. That's I was thinking of the tunic, look, yeah. you know, from um, Pharaoh's Daughter. And I thought, what would be the modern day? It's the shirt dress, right? Yeah. It can be like worn with a belt uh-huh. or it can just be free flowing and right. comfy. Little sneakers if you're doing your yes. mom duties. Put on some mules if you're yes. going to go out. Love it. Cute. I'm feeling it. Okay. okay. Beecher Mountains. I just said exotic. Right. She's, I mean, we ain't doing like Colorado or Galveston. Exactly. I feel like we going to Jamaica, Fiji, Fiji Bora Bora, Aspen. Yes. Right? Okay. Something. We doing the fancy. Yes. Um, the baggage that she brought into motherhood, and I'm com- combining this with the thing that she wants most out of motherhood. I think as I was reading, I just did some, some research on adoption online. Life is complicated. Mm. There's no easy answer to what happens in adoption. The the way that it comes about, the result of it, the process to it, Uh it's just, it's all complicated. Yeah. And you just can't make it easy. Wow. But I think what adoptive mamas do is they make love simple. Mm -hmm. That it comes down to, I love you. I love you. That is bringing tears to my eyes. But that's, I mean, it's the truth. It's, that is very, uh. A suit. That's exactly what it is. The whole the the process is complicated. Yes. But the answer is simple. Yes. It's just love. It's love. Yeah. It's love. Wow. And our God started that for us by showing us adoption through scripture. Yes. And so not only is it something that we see in our modern day with our buddies and our friends and our mama friends, but it's something that we see throughout scripture. That's right. And so for God to include this in the Old Testament to me again, you know, God's so smart. It's just, it's him setting the stage for us yes. to see all this. Yes. Okay, so three things that I want to pull out that I think go along with this whole idea. First of all, Jochebed had to trust that God had a purpose for that baby. Oh my gosh. It, it You know, it, it's interesting that you bring up Hannah because it's that same. Yes. You know, first of all, they're the same age, but it's that same just complete surrender of like, oh, you know, God, you've got this, you know, I have to just, I have to turn this baby over. Yes. Yeah. And to know that God was going to protect, he was going to purpose, he was going to go ahead. He was going to comfort the one that was left behind. Yeah. 
And Jacobet already had two other children, so she knew the joy and the beauty of parenting, and she was having to give up this third baby, Uh not knowing what's going to happen. Also, timing. I mean, just think about the timing of when she put that basket in the Nile Uh and when Pharaoh's daughter came down uh, to the river to bathe. I mean, the timing of that is just phenomenal. And in any adoption story, what I think you'll hear from adoptive moms and birth mamas is the timing. Because so many times they were, it's on their radar, but they're not sure. And then like 10 days later, they have a baby. Yeah. Or I've got an adoptive mom friend right now that has a baby somewhere far away and she can't get to him because of COVID. Yeah. And so the timing there seems frustrating. Like, why is this taking so long? But I think what scripture continues to remind us is that God's timing is always perfect. Uh, yes. So we have to trust that his timing is at play. Yeah. And then the third thing I saw was tenderness. When Pharaoh's daughter opened that basket and that baby was crying, scripture says that she felt sorry for him, Uh that something in her heart tweaked and she needed to keep that baby. I think it's the same thing with adoption today. There is such a tenderness, both for the birth mom Uh that has to let go Uh and for the adoptive mom that grabs hold. Uh I mean, just, it makes me want to like, do it because I'm like, oh, this is God's plan. Yes. But that's kind of a bigger question for <laughs> the hubs, you know? I know. Well, you know, we both considered um, adopting, you know, a, another child. And it's something that's on our heart that we're always considering. But it is so beautiful because even the things, what were the three? It was, what was the first one? Trust, Trust timing, timing, and tenderness. And tenderness. You know, I think about how much that plays into the way in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? That uh, there's a point where we trust him. Yes. Um, and he does it in his timing. Yes. And and he adopts us because of tenderness, compassion yes. he has toward us. Yes. You know, but that it's all God. It's all God. It's all God that allows us to trust him. It's all God's hand in the timing, and it's all God's hand in the tenderness he gives us, or the tenderness of his own heart. Yes. And I think we were talking about adoption at our church this past weekend, and one of the things that I think is so beautiful is that I think for some moms, they don't feel called to adopt, right? Uh It's not on their life plan. And you can kind of feel a little bit left out, like, am I missing something? But something that our church really encouraged this weekend is that you can still be a part of that adoption story. Right. You can support, you can donate, you can pray, you can even go alongside our CPS and our social workers who are going into homes and and figuring out what's best for a child. There's more ways to help than just actually being an adoptive mom. Exactly. Yeah. We see that all the time, you know, and you sign up to take them a meal or let them know that you're praying for them or, you know, something like that. You can come alongside those moms. And one of the things that I love about this current state of life that we're in, where I do have friends that have adopted, is that for me, it opened my eyes to a bigger world. Uh Uh-huh. You know, you're so, like, consumed with what's right in front of you and all you see. And sometimes we're in bubbles, even um, ethnicity bubbles, where we don't get out of it. And so for me, I have loved getting to see these different nationalities come into our community Uh and bring things to our community that we didn't have before. Yeah. But that we have because we have these new girls and boys, men and women, walking amongst us. Yeah. And so for me, that's exactly what happened with Moses. Yeah. God brought a different ethnicity into Pharaoh's home. Uh And then eventually that saved his people. Yeah. But it gave Moses a greater understanding of the world around him. Right. And so that's what adoption does. It opens our eyes not only to what's right here in front of us, but what's happening across the globe. Yes. I love it. 
Okay, so I wanted to share some scriptures because, yeah. like we said earlier, adoption is the gospel. It is. It's all throughout scripture. And so this is one of my favorite ones that I read. It's Ephesians 4, 4 through 5. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So I love, first of all, that it says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. I believe that our God knows before we're born uh-huh. the plans, the days of our life, That's what right. he has for us. And so I feel like for um, adoptive mamas, what they're saying to God is you have a child out there for me. Uh-huh. And before he was born, you had ch- chosen, predestined for that baby to be in my home. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to that child. Yeah, It's not an accident. It's not coincidence. It's not just what came available. I think of so many adoption stories where maybe they were pursuing one adoption that fell through. Right. And then this other one came along that they didn't even know was not even on their radar. Right. But we know it was on God's radar. Right. He had chosen and predestined for that child to be in their home. Yes. Then it says adoption to sonship. So this is the beautiful thing about the gospel is that um, we talked about Eve last podcast, you know, that Eve is the mother of all living, right? Uh But then sin came into the world and it broke that relationship between us and God. And so God had to do something extravagant Uh in order to restore that relationship. And that was send his son, Jesus, to Uh die on the cross. But then he offers this gift of adoption to us. He says, I want you back in my family. Yes. And so through Jesus, I'm going to adopt you back into my family. Yes. And just like we know today, um, I think this is so interesting, is that when you adopt a child into your home, you can never write them out of your will. Really? You can never um, take away their rights to your life okay. and your living uh-huh. because you have chosen to bring them into your family. Yeah. Um, my dad always used to say this to me, so I'm going to put this in the show notes if it's not right, but that adoption is forever. Yeah. And so when I think about us being adopted into God's family, it's forever. Right. God doesn't go back on that promise. Right. There isn't anything that I can do so bad that God writes me out of his will. Yes, and I was destined destined to be destitute, fatherless, without hope, without a family, without purpose. And he had compassion on me and sent his son to die so that I could be part of his family. Yes. And he adopted me. Exactly. And you can almost picture that moment of salvation of like where we've seen the pictures of families in the courthouse being signed. Yes. That this is official, that you are now part of this family. You know, we each have those moments in our lives where it's like God took us to the courthouse and said, okay, everybody get ready to take pictures because I'm signing this child. She is now in my family. She is mine. Well, and that's the thing. It's a legal binding contract. Right. Not only today here on earth, but it says in scripture that he writes our name in the Lamb's book of life. That's right. That is a legal binding contract that we are now a part of his family. Yeah. And then it says that he did this through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And Uh you said that just a second ago. The tenderness Uh that Jesus had when he looked at us and he said, they are sheep gone astray and I want them back. Yeah. And I will do everything I have to, including lay down my own life. Yes. So that they can be a part of my family again. Yes. It made him happy to do it. You know, you think about these mamas that are adopting they're doing it because they want that baby. They're yes. happy to do it. They know yes. this is going to be hard. They know it's going to be a struggle, but they know that it's worth it because of the pleasure of bringing these people into your family. And Jesus experienced that same thing with us. I just, to me, it's just 
for me, it's not only just in this season of life that I'm seeing adoption more, but it's in my spiritual walk uh-huh. that I'm starting to grasp this idea of adoption more. Yeah. You know, mamas, as we go through our lives with God, we are always learning. And there are things that you didn't know five years ago and things that you won't know for another five years. God right. is always revealing truth to us through modern day life through experiences we have, through friends that have different experiences. And so that's the beauty of community is that it's because of community that I learned about adoption because I have a friend that adopted. Yes. And then it's through my growth in God's word as I'm learning more about him that he's teaching me more about what it actually means for me to be adopted. Yes. It's always a growing process. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Um, I just think that what we can walk away with from this moment in the Bible, first of all, she was Pharaoh's daughter. She was not a believer. Uh Um, They worshiped idols. Uh But for some reason, God decided to use her Uh not only to preserve the life of this baby, but also to teach him things that he would not have learned inside that Hebrew home. And then that boy was able to come back. And a question that I would love to ask when I get to heaven one day is when Moses came back. So he lived in Pharaoh's house 40 years. He went to the desert for 40 years. When he came back, was she there? Yeah. Don't you wonder? Yeah. Was she still alive? Did she get to see this boy that she had raised come back and then save his people? Did she ever come to a saving knowledge of Yahweh? Yeah, that's Based so on the life of her son. Yeah. And then Jacobed. Uh-huh. She had to watch from afar uh-huh. this boy grow up. Yeah. And she got to see him learn and grow and do things that she was not able to teach him. Uh-huh. And that then he came back and he rescued his own mother, mm-hmm. his own birth mother from slavery. Yeah. So much beauty in this story. So much. Pharaoh's daughter. There, you know, it's just, I, I think there's this beautiful picture here of walking in the spirit in such a way that you put down and you pick up in God's timing. Oh, that's good. You know, that whether it's Jochebed and it's time to lay something down and and God's asking you to put it down, or if something arrives at your doorstep and God says, pick this up, yes. that we would be moms who walk in such a way with the spirit that we hear him say, put it down or pick it up. Oh God, I love that. And that we would be obedient in that, you know, because look at what Jochebed could have missed or what Pharaoh's daughter could have missed if they didn't put it down or pick it up. That's you know? so good. And we have to, you're so right. We have to do that as moms. There are things that I think we're like, this is important. I'm doing this. Uh And the spirit's like, no, yeah, not right now. Right. And something else that we never expected that the spirit's like, I need you to do this now. Right. We have to be so in step with him. Yes. I hope honestly that through this series, our mamas listening have just loved the word. Like I've had that desire in their heart. Like, wow, there's so many moms in the Bible. I wish I could know them all. And that they themselves have gone and started to dig in God's word to learn more about them. Yes. I hope so too. I, I honestly am loving it so much. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things to do is just research. I get into trouble because I'm supposed to be preparing a message and you know, five hours later, I'm still researching this person's name. Yes. 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 But I, gosh, I love it so much. And I have loved seeing these moms in scripture and then therefore seeing myself yes, and seeing why it matters, why motherhood matters, why women matter to the story of God, you know, and how, how often God uses women that we are integral to the story. You know, everybody talks about Moses, but man, look at these two women. Moses would not be where exactly. he was if God didn't use these two women. Exactly. You know? And just so often, I don't know if it's the culture or that it was just easier to point to these men, you know, in our, right. in our biblical teachings growing up in Sunday school. Right. But man, don't miss the women. Don't miss them. Yes. 
this these stories wouldn't happen without the women, without God using these women. And I feel like it has put a fire in my belly to see my own purpose. Yes. Um, to see myself in scripture and feel like, oh, I'm there. Yes. I'm, I'm in there. Yes. Uh, and so it's just been so, so beautiful for me. I agree. And I think um, it's funny as we go into the holidays, like I always wonder about Christmas because I feel like as moms, we try so hard to like make sure everybody has a present under the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes we don't have a present under the tree. Yes. But it feels that way in motherhood sometimes that you try so hard to take care of everybody else, but you've nobody's taking care of you. Yeah. And just like in scripture where we see a lot of men elevated, Uh but we know behind the scenes there was a mom. Yes. And there was a woman. Yeah. Would you just know today that God sees you? He does. You matter. You are integral to the story. Yes. Yes. You are crucial. You know, we talked about that with Lydia, that you are crucial. Um, When we, even when we talk about Eve and the Genesis story, I mean, God created male and female and he said that we needed both. Yes. We need yes. both. Yes. And so you matter. You matter whether you have a tree under uh, a, a gift under the tree or if you just need to lay under the tree and put a sign on you that says, <laughs> I am your gift. <laughs> okay. I love that. Except that I think the husbands might get a wrong idea. Let me oh, know what you're doing under the tree. <laughs> no, it was not for you. Not for you. Oh my okay. Gosh. Oh. So listen, here, what's, here's what you need to do, mamas. You go out and buy your own gift. Do. You wrap it up real pretty. Yes. You put a little tag on that says, to me. Yes. You just enjoy yourself some headphones or some shoes. Put down the pressure that you might be putting on other people to, like, fill a void, (laughs) you know. Just put that down. Yes. And just pick up. Something from Kohl's. Something from Kohl's. (laughs) Go buck wild and get something from Nordstrom, you know. Just think about in this season, what is God asking you to put down and what is he asking you to pick up? Oh, one thing. That's it right there. That's yeah. a great question to leave with. Okay, yes. great. Moms, thanks for joining us again for episode 21. We would love for you again to go leave a review. I want y'all to know that I actually went on our podcast and read the reviews. Oh my goodness. Doesn't you talk it about you like, it, I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, is that really true? Are we really? Y'all are awesome. Y'all are yeah. so awesome. Thank you so much. So you may think that it's just sitting out there in abyss but just know that we're reading it we and we appreciate you so much so if you want to leave another one I mean, hey just, i don't know if it works that way like, but you can like make a different name or something i don't know right okay that's the christmas present to the podcast yes we'll take we it. love you so much and we can't wait to see you next time on gather mom's podcast all right bye moms